Listen to Pastor Franz for the unadulterated word of God. Rightly dividing the word of truth, unraveling mysteries, and preaching Jesus Christ as God Almighty. Today's message. Thank you, King of Kings, for opening the word for us so we can understand and know you. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Please put your hands up for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are in life because we must publish our God. Praise the Lord. If that is not the reason that God is not a good investor, but he brought us because he wanted us to let all know that there is a good God. Praise the Lord. Now, until we understand what sacrifice is all about, we will not appreciate our service of God. Praise the Lord. He said, gather my saints unto me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. So until we understand what sacrifice means, it will be very difficult for us to appreciate what kingdom service is. Because service in the kingdom is done with sacrifice. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, according to the message of God, that thou present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So our reasonable service to God must be done in sacrifice. And sacrifice means I am not much interested about my enjoyment, but the enjoyment of the one I am serving. That is sacrifice. And that is what Christianity has not portrayed in this end time. Everybody is interested in his own self. So if not because of what we will enjoy, nobody will even go to church, for instance. Nobody will bother about things of God because it's all about us. But we are here because of him. It should have been all about our creator. Praise the Lord. So today we are here for a crusade because it's all about our creator. And we are so glad that God who created us called us for that mission. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that you should have been looking for yourself will begin to come. So I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that each and every one of us here who has chosen to be a sacrificial servant of God will not go without the blessings of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Each and every one of us that have chosen that he will not give sleep to his eyes until men on earth come to know God and worship him. Heaven will look upon you with a smile and you will not see shame in life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Please put your hands together for Jesus Christ. And those who can sit, please sit. Amen. God, the God we serve, has an attitude to life. Because he is life. He has an attitude to life. He conceals important things. Now, if we look at life, we look around us, you realize that no expensive thing is kept outside. 
Everything that is precious is underground. That is how God is. God does not put his important things around. You can't walk on the street and pick gold on the street. No. You want gold, you have to dig into the crust of the earth. You have some level of labor before you can find it. Good things are concealed. That is God's attitude to life. Somebody say good things are concealed. Hallelujah. Now, that is why in Proverbs chapter 25 verse 2, he said, is the glory of God to conceal a thing. And the honor of kings is to search out a matter. So, everyone who goes out searching out what God has concealed, he's the one that God honors. And he's the one that makes a royal in life. The honor of kings is to search out a matter is the glory of God to conceal a thing. So God's glory is to put some things in places and expect those who love him to look for it and find. Praise the Lord. Today I'm speaking about God's concealed plan. And that is Jesus. Jesus is God's concealed plan. Jesus is who? God's concealed plan. When Jesus walked on the surface of the earth, from the beginning of his life to the end of his life, people struggled with who he is. He was killed because he was claiming what the people refused to accept that he is. So from the beginning of the time Jesus entered into the world and from the time that he left, people struggled with who he is. Praise the Lord. When he was born as a baby, some wise men traveled from God knows where. And they would travel to go and look for this baby to worship him. Who does that? A baby you don't know, the parents you don't know, and you are a wise man, and you took vehicle or whatever transport they use, spent time and days travel to go and look for a baby to honor him. And when they went there, they said, where is he that is born? King of the Jews, we have come to worship him. Who does that to an ordinary human being? And the Bible called them wise men. That means right from the time Jesus entered the world, even the parents and people around him will be wondering, what kind of a child is this? That strange things are happening. Wise men traveled from far. Looking for a child in a manger to worship. Praise the Lord. Now that shows that this person called Jesus is not someone that you can just brush on the side. And when he walked on the surface of the earth as a grown man, and when he was doing a lot of wonderful things, one of the days he was walking with his disciples, and he asked them, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Meaning, I am a man before your eyes, but who do you think I am? Who asks that kind of question? Is a person who knows that he's more than what people think he is. So then they began to ask. They began to say what they think people said he was. And everything they were saying is about, some say you are a prophet. Some say, that means you are a prophet. And who is a prophet? A prophet is a human being on earth that God has chosen to speak through him to the people. So what they were saying is you are a human being 
like the others who have come, Moses and the rest, you have also come to do your own. Some say you are a prophet. And then he said, okay, I hear about what some say, but what do you say that I am? And all of them kept quiet. And one of them called Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Praise the Lord. And you know, Jesus said, because of that, I am building my church. So today, when we say church, the origin of church started with a question. And the question is, who do men say that I am? And who asked that question? Jesus. So when you say church, you are talking about the body that Jesus has put together because he asked the question, who do men say I am? Ask the question, who am I? So the church should be a body that should tell everybody who Jesus is. That is church. Every other thing apart from that is not church. Because what begins a thing is what is continuous with. The foundation of church is who do men say that I, Jesus, am? So when we say church, we are talking about people who are telling everybody who Jesus is. Hallelujah. And you see, why would God make it look like he has hidden something for us to find? Because that is how God proves meekness. And God loves humble people. The Bible says he giveth grace to the humble. And so meekness before God is someone who knows he does not know anything and so he is asking God to show him. And that is what Psalm 25 verse 9 talks about. The meek will he guide in judgment. The meek will he teach his ways. So, who Jesus is, is for the humble people. It is the humble people who can know who Jesus is. Not the proud. Is somebody here what I'm talking about? Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? It is people who humble themselves that Jesus will reveal himself to. And that is why he said in Matthew chapter 11 verse 29, Come and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Jesus said, you want to know, come and learn from me. But as you are coming, come with meekness. That is when you can get what I have for you. Come and learn. Jesus said, I will show you, but I will only show those who are humble. That is to say that Jesus is God's wisdom, which the proud are not permitted to understand. Did I say something? Jesus is the wisdom of God that the proud people can never understand. And that is why there was a day Jesus was walking with his disciples in Matthew chapter 13, from verse 10, after he had said certain things to the people around, the disciples came to him and said, 
Why are you speaking to them in parables? Why speaketh thou unto them in parables? And Jesus said something that is thought provoking. He said, Yes, because to you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it is not given. Which means Jesus said, I am here to show some people the mysteries that are hidden, and some people I'll make sure they don't get it. Now, why would somebody like Jesus say that? That means those who he would show them who he is or show them the mystery, they are the people that he has understood that they are humble enough to know because the meek will he guide in judgment. The meek will he teach his way. And to you, it's given to know the mysteries because you are the meek. And to them, it is not given because they are the proud. So if you want to know who Jesus is, the first step is to humble yourself. That is how it is. If you are not humble, you go with your own ideas. Because the things about Jesus, they are hidden truths that is difficult to fathom. Praise the Lord. And why was it supposed to be so? Because of what Jesus intended to do with his life on earth. And that is why in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 7, he said, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What does that mean? That means he came to be crucified. And if he comes telling everybody who he is, they will not crucify him. Because he must be crucified. That is the purpose for his coming. And if he tells everybody who he is, they will not venture. But he had to come disguised. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they wouldn't have ventured to crucify the Lord of glory. Is somebody hearing? That's why when Jesus, after Peter has said that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, he realized they have known something. Because when you say the Christ, the Christ has been prophesied by the prophets since the time that God had planned to come into the world. So in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, the prophet Isaiah had prophesied that a child will be born, a son will be given. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor and part of his name shall be the Mighty God. Part of his name shall be the everlasting father. Now, these two, mighty God and everlasting father, is pointing to the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the only one who can be called the mighty God. He's the only one who can be called the everlasting father. And this prophet Isaiah is saying that a child will be born who will be called the mighty God and everlasting father, which clearly shows that one day, according to that prophecy, God Almighty will come upon this earth like a born child. Praise the Lord. 
So it had been in scriptures, and that is the Christ. So the Christ coming should be God that will be born. Praise the Lord. Now in the book of Micah, the Micah the prophet also prophesied. In Micah chapter 5 verse 2, he also prophesied that one will be born in Bethlehem. And exactly that is how it happened about Jesus. He was born in Bethlehem. And he said, that person that will be born, his goings were from the everlasting. That means he has no beginning. He has no beginning. And it is only God that has no beginning. He says, someone is going to come into the world that has no beginning. He will be born in Bethlehem. That is what the prophet Micah prophesied. What about Daniel? Daniel sought the face of God to know what God's plans are for his people in the future. And in Daniel chapter 9 verse 24, God revealed to him that the anointed one that was going, was going to come, he will be the most holy that will be anointed. Most holy. Ah, who can be called most holy? Than the holiest God on earth. I mean, in life. So Daniel 2, it was revealed to him that the most holy shall be anointed to come on the earth. When you say Christ, it means the anointed one. And by the prophecy of Daniel, that is the most holy God that will come as the Christ. Praise the Lord. Is somebody hearing what I'm talking about? So you realize that before Jesus came, prophecies have gone on. And all the prophecies are pointing to one day the owner of life will visit the earth as a human being. Praise the Lord. There was a time Jesus was walking into Jerusalem and the Bible says he wept over the city. And he said, if you have known in this day, if you have known the day of your visitation, but it is hidden from your eyes. That means visitation has come. You did not even know. God has visited. You don't even know. If you have known, you would have comported yourself. Why? Because by God's concealed plan, not everybody will know. Only the humble will know. Now, if they didn't know in Israel, that means at that time that Jesus came, all of them were proud. And what happens to the proud? God resisted the proud. That is why they killed Jesus. So they never saw him as God. Why? Because God hides himself. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 15. Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself. O God of Israel, the Savior. So the Savior that Israel was expecting, according to this prophecy of Isaiah, is a God that will come disguised. Is a God that hides himself. And he is going to be the Savior. Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself. O God of Israel, the Savior. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 15. And so how will it, how will we know 
Should we be able to know when it comes? At least for God not to let us leave us vague. For us to go and choose someone else as God who has come. He gave the sign that we need to follow to know when he comes. And that sign was that a virgin will be with a child. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. A virgin will be with a child and his name shall be called Emmanuel. He said, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. A virgin shall be with a child and his name shall be called Emmanuel. That means that when he will come, that time you will know him by knowing a virgin that became pregnant. And when Jesus came, that was exactly how it happened. Hallelujah. Did you hear what I said? There was a virgin who had not slept with any man, but he got married. And in the process of they getting together, before the man would touch her, she was found with a child. The man said, ah, what happened? And he wanted to put her aside. But then, the angel of the Lord appeared unto the man, the man named Joseph, and said, please take this woman. She has not committed adultery. What is inside her is by God himself. Praise the Lord. So that was how, as it had been prophesied several centuries, when Jesus was coming, exactly how it was prophesied happened. And when they prophesied, they said it was God who would come. Amen. And the question now should be, why was God coming? Why was the Christ coming? Why should God take the trouble? Is just to come and see the earth? Where he is, he can see the earth. So he doesn't need to come and see here. But there is a reason. Man has driven himself into bondage. And the devil has sat on the destiny of man. And no man born of Adam and Eve is able to get man out of that corner. Only a man that has more virtue than Adam and Eve's offspring. And that man should be a man who knew no sin. And nobody could do that because all that generation from Adam were all sinners. So God had to become a man to come and do that. Praise the Lord. So God came in the form of Jesus to save us from the mess we have created. Amen. So why was he coming? To bring salvation to God's people. But you know, in those days, when you mentioned God's people, because of the program God was running, he picked a man. And that man was Abraham. And from Abraham, it went to Isaac, from Isaac to Jacob, and from Jacob to his children, 12 children, and from his 12 children, they blossomed to be called Israel. So, the clan called Israel, at that time in the olden days, the Old Testament, the time of the prophets, 
They are the ones that God has chosen as his people. Now, at that time, when you look at it, when you say God is partial, of course, the ordinary mind will say so. But the man who is humble enough will know, will say God knows what he is doing. Hallelujah. Because if I come to a house that there are a lot of people scattered, and I have something for them, I won't say everybody scattered, begin to be doing my work, gift everyone. I will call one person. And I will say, this, take this thing, spread it to everybody. So you give it to one person. You say, don't, no need to scatter yourself. You give it to one person. Take your own. Give it to another one. Take your own. Give it to another one. Take your own. Without anybody moving around, it ended into one person's hand, but it reached everybody. Somebody hearing me? So God is the God of order. And that is how he runs his program. So he picked one man. From one man, he became two men. Isaac joined. From, now, talk about, you know, they don't count the women in it, right? Because the woman is part of the man. From that one man, he became three men. Abraham, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. From there, he became 12. And then you understand what you are talking about? And then it kept going on and going on until now. It is a nation. It doesn't mean that now that nation is ended. God is still running his program. Hallelujah. So at that time when Jesus came, the Israelites felt they are the only people that God loves. And so the Messiah is coming for them and not everybody. And then Jesus appeared. And so they, their own mentality is Jesus will be for us alone, not for Gentiles. So when they see him relate with Gentiles, they get angry. Are you sure this one came? Is he the king of the Jews? So already their mentality was not good towards Jesus. Because he was talking to Gentiles. He saw a woman at the well. He was chatting freely with the woman. But for the Jews, you don't chat with such people. They are sinners. You don't relate to them. If this man is a prophet, should he be talking to all these Gentiles? He's also even among his disciples, they were having doubtful minds because of the level of tradition they have imbibed themselves with from the days of Moses. That we are God's people. And for that reason, we don't mingle with other tribes, other nations. And so when Jesus came, they, they were looking for how to find out whether he is for them. One day somebody brought a coin and said, is it right for us to be paying tax to Caesar? Why? Because he felt Caesar is a Gentile and we are children of God. If you are a prophet, you'll be defending us. And Jesus said, bring me a coin. And they brought a coin. And Jesus said, is that a coin you've been using to buy? He said, yes. He said, whose image is on the coin? Wisdom of God, no man can beat it. They said, it's Caesar's image. He said, uh-huh. That means for Caesar, right? So give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. All of you have accepted that this is the money you'll be using to buy. And the person whose image is on it is Caesar. So why should you say you shouldn't give it to him? Give to Caesar what is for Caesar. 
Now, they thought by that means that he is for the Gentiles. This man is not our man. So, because they, to them, they are the only righteous people. But when Jesus started raising his people, when he first came, he started with, don't go to the way of the Gentiles because of the program. Because if he opens it, he will spoil the whole thing. But after he left, he called Peter and said, go to the Gentiles. We, we don't relate with such people. And then he opened a vision to Peter. And Peter saw all manner of animals. He said, eat all. For how can you call unclean what God has made clean? That means to God, no unclean animal. And what he was using is a symbol to tell Peter that don't call those people unclean because I created them. I don't create unclean things. Praise the Lord. So Peter went there. And when Peter went there to go and minister Jesus to them, the Gentiles, while he was there speaking, the Holy Ghost fell upon the people. Was it by his power? And then they began to speak in tongues. And they began to say things that was baffling. Ah, I thought this thing is only us that could receive the spirit. How come that Gentiles are also receiving it? And Peter stood and said, nobody could do this but God. They said in Acts chapter 10 verse 34 and 35, Peter said, of a truth, God is no respecter of persons. But in every place and everywhere, those who fear him and do his will is accepted of him. God is no respecter of persons. So Peter now accepted that we are no better than those out there. Now why am I bringing this in? Because before Jesus came, the Jews thought the Messiah was coming for them. But no, the Messiah was coming for the whole world. Wow, that was Pastor Franz, the Apostle of Diversity. For more of Pastor Franz's messages, you can also subscribe to Diversity Broadcasting Network on YouTube. Jesus is God Almighty.